Welcome back. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo, with this week's installment of True Crime Tuesday, where we take a look at true crimes and unsolved mysteries from across history and across the globe. This week, we continue our story of Ted Bundy, one of the most ruthless killers in American history. During this week's True Crime Tuesday, episode number 40. Now, to refresh your memory, Ted Bundy was born to a young mother and raised by his grandparents who treated him as their own son, even convincing him that his mother was his older sister, all to avoid the shame of having a child out of wedlock. Now, Ted was an odd boy, but grew up to be extremely intelligent, articulate, good-looking, and charismatic. Now, he found success working in politics and was on his way to a law degree when things took a dark turn. By the time Ted Bundy was 31 years old, he'd already assaulted and murdered at least half a dozen women had already stood trial and was sentenced to prison in Utah, but was extradited to a prison in Colorado, where he escaped during Christmas time, 1977. When we left off with part one of our story last week, Ted had already escaped police custody for the second time, had stolen a car, hitchhiked nearly 60 miles, then hopped on a bus to Denver and boarded an airplane, and was now on the loose somewhere in Chicago. Now, always on the move and always one step ahead of authorities, Ted Bundy migrated from Chicago to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he then stole a car and drove south to Atlanta, Georgia, where he boarded a bus to Tallahassee, Florida, which would be the backdrop for the next series of brutal attacks. While Ted Bundy was in Florida, he used the alias Chris Hagen to check into a local boarding house near the campus of Florida State University. One week later, on January 5, 1978, Bundy broke into the Chi Omega sorority through a rear door and savagely attacked three young college students. 21-year-old Margaret Bowman was bludgeoned with a piece of oak firewood and strangled to death with a nylon stocking. In a nearby room, 20-year-old Lisa Levy was beaten unconscious, strangled, bitten, and sexually assaulted. In the next room over, he assaulted both Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler, who both survived the attack, but were far from unscathed. Kathy ended up with a broken jaw and a deep laceration on her shoulder and Karen suffered a broken jaw, missing teeth, and a crushed finger. Now, the attacks lasted less than 15 minutes and happened within earshot of at least 30 people, but no one heard a thing. And Bundy escaped the sorority house without incident, although he was spotted on his way out by sorority sister Nita Neary. But Bundy wasn't done yet. Later that evening, he broke into another house eight blocks away and assaulted another FSU student, Cheryl Thomas, dislocating her shoulder and fracturing her jaw in five places, and even caused permanent deafness and equilibrium problems, ending her dancing career. Then a month later, in February of 1978, Ted Bundy visited Lake City Junior High School and abducted a 12-year-old girl named Kimberly Diane Leach, whose mummified body was found seven weeks later at a pig farm 35 miles away. But luckily, Bundy's reign of terror was about to come to an end. On February 12, 1978, police in Pensacola, Florida, pulled over a Volkswagen Beetle after it was flagged as registered as stolen. And after a struggle with police, Ted Bundy was taken into custody for the third and final time. And this time, he was apprehended as one of FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives. The trial that ensued was covered by over 250 reporters from five different continents and was the first nationally televised court case in the United States, where again, 
Ted Bundy chose to represent himself in his own defense. A plea deal was offered if Bundy would admit to killing the three Florida State University students in exchange for a 75-year sentence with no chance for the death penalty. That would also mean, though, that Ted Bundy would have to admit to the world and to himself that he had killed those three young ladies, something he just wasn't willing to do. So at the last minute, Ted Bundy turned down the plea deal. But because of eyewitness testimony and a mountain of evidence stacking up against him, Ted Bundy was eventually found guilty of three counts of attempted first-degree murder and two counts of attempted burglary for the incidents at the Chi Omega Sorority House in Florida and was sentenced to death. Six months later, another trial in Orlando found Bundy guilty of abducting and murdering young Kimberly Leach, and on Friday, February 10, 1980, he was sentenced to death by electrocution, but it would be nine years later until that day would come. In the meantime, Bundy's attorney tried to push for getting the case thrown out, with multiple delays in the timeline of Bundy's impending death. Now, it was during his final days on this earth that Bundy officially agreed to speak openly with investigators, admitting to all eight murders, including three additional murders in Washington, two in Oregon, although never revealing those victims' names. He also admitted to other various killings in Utah and Colorado and other various assaults. In total, Ted Bundy admitted to beating and killing at least 36 women across seven states. But experts believe that number might be closer to 100. Ted Bundy was executed by the electric chair January 24, 1989, 25 years after his murderous rampage began, as hundreds of people danced and cheered outside, celebrating the end of Bundy's reign of terror. Now, a few of the many things that make Ted Bundy's story unique is the fact that he was such an incredibly skilled and meticulous killer who always seemed to be two steps ahead of police. His crime scenes were so spread apart and he left so little physical evidence that he had killed nearly 20 people before the authorities in these different regions realized they were all chasing the same person. He also used his knowledge of law enforcement tactics to avoid detection for years and used his knowledge of the law to push off the inevitable death sentence as long as he possibly could. But beneath all these brains, good looks, and charisma, Ted Bundy was, at his core, a ruthless, cold-blooded killing machine, one of the worst the world has ever known. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday, Episode 40, Part 2 of the Ted Bundy Story. Join up with me, TJ, for more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries here on True Crime Tuesdays. We'll see you next week.